As I speak these words, we are preparing for our first complete live student Shabbaton in over a year. A group of vaccinated undergrads are joining us in Silver Spring for a weekend as part of their participation in our new FOCUS program. This semester-long fellowship explores themes of spirituality, mindfulness, and Shabbat. Some of these subjects imply an emphasis on solitary soul-searching and meditation, which might surprise us as elements of Judaism. We tend to think of our creed as more communitarian and less directed at individual deliberation. After all, so much of Jewish practice occurs in a group setting. Even prayer, arguably the most contemplative of religious exercises, optimally takes place among a quorum. Yet, we find a fascinating expression of the value of solitude in this week's Torah portion, during the time of the temple, for whose return we yearn. At the most dramatic moment on the holiest day of the year, Yom Kippur, the high priest entered the Holy of Holies. This was the only day that any person was permitted to enter this hallowed space, and he did so alone. And no person should be in the tent of meeting. At the spiritual apex in the Jewish calendar, this great representative of the Jewish nation performed his most important service completely alone. How are we to process the centrality of this rite with its emphasis on separateness in context of pre-existing notions of Jewish norms? We might consider the notion of aloneness or private meditation known as hitbodedut from two countervailing directions. The first perspective sees this as the ultimate state of human connection. After all, to quote Orson Welles, we're born alone, we live alone, we die alone. Only through our love and friendship can create the illusion, for the moment, that we are not alone. This famous articulation embodies the existential human awareness that we both enter and exit this world as distinct beings. Even during our sojourn here, we ourselves occupy our mind, body, and soul. By this logic, the equation of spirituality with seclusion comports. True, we engage the broader world, but our aspiration ought to be geared inwards. Our external experiences serve to inform our evolving inner enlightenment. The iconic Jewish folk center Shlomo Karbach, in his inimitable manner, expressed the importance of accessing a meditative connection with the divine. I want to bless all of us to find a few minutes a day, not just to pray, but to absolutely pour out our hearts before God. How many people do we know to whom we could pour out our hearts? Most people don't know anyone in the world like that. Maybe one or two. But we've all of us, one friend in heaven to whom we can pour out our hearts. At the other end of the spectrum, though, we might observe that the high priest's entire justification for entering the inner sanctuary was only to effect atonement on behalf of the nation at large. Perhaps, in fact, solitude is not the ultimate goal, but rather a mechanism by which we can develop the tools necessary to achieve greater impact. We find echoes of this perspective in the story of Shimon Bar Yochai, the Talmudic sage whose life we celebrate on the upcoming Lag Ba'omer holiday. Rabbi Shimon and his son Elazar spent 12 years hidden in a cave, immersed in holiness and sustained by miraculous conditions. When they emerged, they were filled with so much righteous passion that they consumed their surroundings in fire. In their view, solitary contemplation was life's highest calling, and they could not brook any engagement with the ephemeral trivialities of earthly living. A rebuking, heavenly voice instructed them to return to the cave. After an additional year there, they again exited. This time, they observed a man gathering bunches of myrtle. 
when he explained that he was gathering them in order to honor the Sabbath, Rabbi Shimon told his son, see how precious the precepts, such as honoring the Sabbath, are to our brethren. In this Talmudic account, the intense period of contemplation was considered worthy only once the rabbi and his son could integrate its lessons back into their pedestrian existence. In the second of this week's two Torah readings, we encounter the iconic verse, Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Introspection and time alone can help us cultivate that self, but ultimately this is but a springboard to servicing others. During the period between Pesach and Shavuot, many Jews customarily study a chapter each Shabbat from Pirkei Avot, Ethics of the Fathers. One of its early teachings is well known, and I believe it captures the dual, even opposing, attitudes towards inward attention and development. The Mishnah reads, Hillel said, If I am not for myself, who will be for me? But if I am only for myself, what am I? From one perspective, my own spiritual growth is paramount, the zenith of my earthly efforts. After all, I live and will die alone. So naturally, I must focus inward and pursue the maximal elevation accessible to me. And yet, from a second angle, this self-oriented process is only validated by my ability to translate it into a lifetime of generosity towards others. Hitzpodedut and deep personal reflection play an important role in Judaism, as does the selfless focus on channeling our private spiritual treasures into altruistic endeavors. As Jews in a complex world, we must learn to embody both, albeit somewhat contradictory, modes of being. Shabbat Shalom.